Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh my gosh, that's right, everybody. It is the return of the Final Fantasy podcast here on Post Show Recaps. It is the return of me, Joshua, here in your Final Fantasy podcast feed as we are getting ready for the very first time uh, here in the Final Fantasy podcast feed, or at least for the first time in a very long time, talking about a Final Fantasy that is coming out uh, that is actively happening right now and that is Final Fantasy 16 the brand new installment in the Final Fantasy series dropping for PS5 on June 22nd we are going to be covering this one for a good little while here on post show recaps this summer as I think that Final Fantasy 16 I don't know if it's the video game song of the summer but it is the video game song of my summer as well as the summer of my co-host here who has been holding it down on the Final Fantasy feed for a minute here the legend Brooklyn Zed uh, the icon Brooklyn Zed I should say icon with an E and a K Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, coming in. I said uh, Phoenix, Josh, and Brooklyn Clive 
uh, here to hold down the uh, the Final Fantasy 16 podcast. Um, That's it. We're talking about a new game, Josh. That's absolutely wild. This was like, so, so when you and I first started talking about Final Fantasy, it was the year or so after Remake had dropped and this whole journey began. And you have since become one of the most prolific Final Fantasy players that I know. Full yeah. stop, let alone yeah, like is. as like a podcaster colleague friend, like uh, everybody that I know, you are as prolific a Final Fantasy player as it comes. And it's incredible. Uh, makes me very, very happy to see, but makes me very, very happy for this moment because in my wildest dreams, if we were still talking about Final Fantasy in any capacity by the time a new game came out, I would have been so, so happy. And here we are where we do indeed have the first mainline Final Fantasy brand new game coming out since this podcast's creation. So, of course, we're going to talk about it. What was the point of all of this if we weren't going to talk about 16 once 16 dropped, Zed? Oh, I mean, the point was definitely to talk about Remake, the best thing on television in the year 2020. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know that I could is... say that 16 is the best TV show uh, on uh, TV in the year 2023. But depending on uh, how the ongoing uh, strikes continue, Zed, uh, if 16 had dropped in like the fall, uh, I would say maybe 16 would be the best show of the fall would be how that yeah. would shake out. The landscape is is ever shifting, both yeah. from 2020 to now and from now to the fall, I'm sure. Uh, but it sounds like we're going to have a lot of content to talk about over the next several months uh, coming up because the game is uh, hefty. It's a big one. It's a big, big game, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm very sad for, for the great Adam H. Uh, not a PlayStation 5 user, Adam H. Adam, will get you into the Valisthea of it all as soon as we possibly can. Uh, but Final Fantasy 16 waits for no one. Uh, you know, Some of us are dominant. Some of us are bearers, Zed. I don't know what else to say here. Oh, I don't even know if I know what a bearer is. Yeah. I, I like. Do I know what a dominant is? Like, I heard the word a lot, <laughs> but do I know what it means? Not, we'll, not we'll, especially. We will endeavor to clarify all of the various terminology surrounding FF16 because there's a lot. It's a like you said, it's very hefty. It is a very deep world that has been built for this game. I have been very fortunate uh, that our friends over at Square Enix, I've been provided with FF16. By the time people are listening to this podcast, I will have finished Final Fantasy 16. As I'm recording this, I think I'm like right there. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I am like right at the end of the game. Zed, I'm to understand that you recently Twitch streamed all of Final Fantasy 10 and that you thought you were at the end of Final Fantasy X like a million times before so you were long. actually at the end? For like a solid week, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is the last yeah. one. Oh, this is the last one. Uh, oh, this is the last one. No. No, yeah. And no. then it just it keeps going and it keeps going. And so I'm not like all the way there, but in Final Fantasy X terms, I said this to you before we started. I think I just beat Unaleska. I think mm -hmm. I just beat Unaleska basically uh and now i'm like okay side quests ahoy get ready for the end i'm pretty sure that that's where where i'm at i really wanted to have finished the game before we got on here so i could give you like the full hearted thumbs up or thumbs down if that were the case uh, uh of my experience it's definitely not uh without having finished the game I can give you like a pretty significant thumbs up from 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 me uh, with the next gen Final Fantasy, I should say, Zed, which should be an extraordinary challenge uh, for for me. But 
I don't know, having 100% in Final Fantasy VII Remake once upon a time, I guess there's just nothing I can't do anymore. That's right. You're a serious, you're a serious gamer, Josh. Yeah, except I'm definitely using all of like the... <laughs> The secret cheat accessories that you could use to make the game as easy as humanly possible so you can mostly just vibe with the story. Like, that's definitely what I've been doing the yeah. whole way through. Well, you're a story mode guy. There's I'm a story mode that. guy. I like the story mode, and then I like to challenge myself. I like I want to know what's going on so that I can talk about what's going on. And then if I'm really deep into it and if I want to play it again, then uh, then we will do it uh, on a, a slightly harder mode. I'm not sure where I'm at with that. There is a new game plus when you finish Final Fantasy 16. I don't know if that means you're data carries over or if you've just unlocked increased difficulty if it's the second thing if it's just you unlocked increased difficulty i'll definitely be taking a break uh like, <laughs> even even with the with the with the easy mode stuff on uh it's a, it could be a really hard game uh there could be times where you're like oh you can't touch me i've got the ring of timely evasion it yeah. means that i'm going to be able to dodge every single blow that you try to land up oh my god you just took out half my health like every yeah. once in a while that will happen. You're like, okay, okay, hit the button, hit the high potion as quickly <laughs> as humanly possible. Uh, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to give you a little bit of an overview of Final Fantasy 16. It is arriving June 22nd, this podcast coming out the day before. Uh, so we want to make sure it's on your radar. Zed and I are going to be talking about Final Fantasy 16 throughout the summer. Uh, longer if it needs to be. We'll see how long it takes, Zed, for you to, to get through the game. Um, I think that we will be doing this less like, super story analysis story arc by story arc and more like zed i think let's just stop down and talk uh as you hit milestones we'll be texting we'll be sidebarring and i oh, think yeah. we'll be like okay this is a good time to do a podcast so we'll we'll be checking in throughout the summer we'll be in the discord of course if you're a patron of post show recaps patreon.com slash post show recaps zed i assume you'll be streaming at hard rock hope on twitch Oh, absolutely. Uh, starting starting immediately from when you are listening to this podcast or the day after, if you're really on top of things. Um, I've pre-ordered the game. It will it will hit my PlayStation in my sleep um, and be wow. ready and that be ready to go. Like a, a threat, I almost feel like. <laughs> Uh, or maybe it sounds more soothing, like uh, you've been like put in cryostasis for hypersleep, and when you wake up, you'll be at your alien planet destination, even <sighs> though you traveled so many light years to to get there. Uh, but a game that arrives in your sleep, I feel like yeah, that's a good deal. Too. It'll uh, it'll be ready uh, by the time I wake up on June twenty second, ready to Incredible. go. Uh, yeah, and I streamed the demo um, yesterday as we're recording this. So if you want to follow along, if you are not a PlayStation 5 owner, and this is a PS5 exclusive game, at least for the next six months, uh, you can follow along with the story and my button mashing, uh, as we'll talk about. Oh, man. Um, How did your thumb feel when you were playing the demo? Because I know you're playing it. You could play it on uh, action mode or story mode, and you're not playing it on story mode. So like, you're actually trying. Yeah, I'm actually trying, and there's a lot you can do, um, which I think is really cool. I think it's definitely going to take me a while to understand what all the different things actually are, because um, I would know I was, you know, Phoenix shifting or something yeah. sometimes, and then there was like an icon attack, or I don't know. And you go to look at what the controls are, and they're pointing at things using words that I don't even know what they mean. Um 
so there was a lot. I kept pushing different combinations of buttons. It's it was a little bit like how I have rarely played, but will play Smash Brothers. It's sure. like I don't know. I'm gonna push a couple buttons at the same time and hope something and good happens. happens. Yeah. Uh, they refused to put the the dodge or the evade button in the place where it belongs, which is circle, but that's fine. Um, yeah. So there's I I think the mechanics of the combat are really cool and exciting and different. Uh, and if you get a good handle on them, I expect they will be really fun. But right now, it's definitely a lot of pressing buttons and hoping for the best. I need like uh, like an arthritic brace uh, for my hand uh, because I'm not a huge action game kind of guy. Once upon a long time ago, I played all of the Metal Gear Solid games. Uh, I actually think that there's a lot of ways in which Final Fantasy 16 feels to me like a classic Hideo Kojima Metal Gear Solid game, both in the sense that the story is crazy. Uh, the deeper you get in the story, it's nuts. And the twists and the turns are very, very wild here in Final Fantasy 16. But also in the sense that in the Metal Gear Solid games, which I don't think you've played, right, Zed? You haven't? I have not, no. One of these days, you should do that. Uh, I know that Snake Eater is getting re-released for PlayStation 5. Uh, and I feel like you might have a ton of fun with the Metal Gear Solid games, which have a lot to say. And I think some themes that would really, really hit for you. Uh, so the avalanche of it all uh, and some of the things that are being pushed back uh, against in, in FF7. I think Metal Gear would be right up your alley. Uh, but one of the things about the Metal Gear games is like a lot of the action is sort of like uh, building and building and building towards a boss battle and then like a very memorable boss battle. And then the story kind of like arcs off from there and you get into like another sort of like boss arc and there's always like a complete story with those bosses and those characters there's a lot of that sort of momentum that drives ff16 forward it's a big sprawling cast perhaps you've heard that this is square's game of thrones that this is the game of thrones of final fantasies is sort of the vibe it is deep fantasy it is like uh you know of your um Closer to your Final Fantasy 4 than your Final Fantasy 7, for sure. Uh, this is not like a steampunk world like FF6. This is pretty close to just like magic is the power. There are giant crystals in the land. There are dragoons. There are knights. There are all of these different kinds of people. And there are those who are chosen to have incredible connection with the magic of the land. Um, the ones that are most connected to it are called dominance. Uh, yes, they're called Dominance is the name of the people who are chosen to connect with these creatures called icons. Uh, some Final Fantasies take years to be remembered. Others are instantly iconic. Uh, and this game is one of them, uh, as there are people across this land of Valisthea, which, as far as I have gathered, consists of two continents and a couple of islands. Uh, so classic Final Fantasy world building stuff we've yep. got here. Uh, the continent of Storm and the continent of Ash. And across these worlds, there's these mother crystals that are these gigantic sources of magic and power. And uh, these various regions across the continents, different kingdoms, fiefdoms, uh, duchies, all sorts of different sort of uh, cultures and communities that are widely protected by these various different dominants who are... Think of them as like the summoners uh, of Final Fantasy, the people who are able to call these giant creatures into action, except you get one summon per summoner is basically how it works. So, for example, if you play the demo, which we won't spoil until we'll get into a little bit of a spoiler section in a bit here, 
um, to, to frame it through, you meet Joshua, Joshua Rossfield, who is uh, to be the emperor of uh, Rosaria someday. He is going to be, uh, I think, the Archduke of Rosaria is what he is in line for. And he is the dominant of the Phoenix, which means that Joshua has been bestowed. And I'm playing it really cool, by the way, about the fact that there is a Final Joshua. Fantasy character named yeah. Joshua who is like a massively important Final Fantasy character now. And is like, OK, well, I guess I have no choice but to make him my favorite Final Fantasy character of all time now because his <laughs> name is Joshua. Uh, just so helps that it's uh, he's a great character. Big Joshua guy over here uh, that Joshua, he's the dominant of the Phoenix. He is chosen to be the dominant of the Phoenix by like, I don't know. Fate and destiny and whatever other sort of like string pulley circumstances bestow these powers upon a single person. But as the dominant of the Phoenix, Joshua can basically turn into the Phoenix. Uh, and so some like one minute, he's just a sweet little boy. Next minute, he's giant firebird who can uh, fight other giant uh, creatures of magic. Uh, so those are like the things. The dominants are sort of these big coveted creatures, uh, protectors of the creatures across the realm. And they're, then they're the bearers and the bearers are sort of um, the bearers are people who can access the mother crystals and the ethers of vows. The, I may be butchering a bunch of this. I've been playing it really quickly. This is first pass stuff that I think that I've got Zed. I'm trying to give us a base coat here. You are explaining more than I currently understand ah, for sure. Good, so I gonna, certainly can't correct you. It's going to be real layman stuff here. I think we're going to have fun here. We're not going to be crazy deep divey here. We're going to do what we can and try to break it down because it's very, very complicated uh, that you have have these bearers who are connected to the mother crystals and the magic of Valisthea, but unlike most people who are able to use like crystals that are mined from the giant mother crystals to fuel their daily activities, you could like use fire crystals to light up cigarettes and stuff like that here in the world of FF16. The bearers don't need crystals, they just have magic connection and therefore are like kind of persecuted and looked down upon. Um, I think that you saw uh, one character who was branded right uh, on their face. On they the had, face. Like, yeah. Right. And like Clive as a young, uh, a young person runs into that person. Like he's being treated like a slave, the bearer, that guy's being treated that way. Cause he's like an, uh, an aberration basically is how they look at the bearers uh, that if you are able to connect with the magic, um, that's bad. Like that makes you some sort of weirdo uh, and that feels wrong and uncool. And yet here we are in a final fantasy that is exploring uh, class systems, uh, Zed. And I'm not talking about job systems, uh -huh. <laughs> no job system uh, in, in this game. Um, so the character that you're playing in this is, is Clive. Clive Rossfield is the name of your main character and a way in which this game is decidedly different from the other mainline Final Fantasy games, with the exception of the online Final Fantasy games, I think, and maybe a little bit of 12, you're really playing one character. Uh, you, are, you are Clive. I hope you like him. I hope you like Clive because that's who you are. You are this guy and it is uh, an action battle system. It's an action game battle system that is actually designed, inspired by uh, the Devil May Cry games to the point uh, that Devil May Cry has been referenced in a lot of the interviews leading up to the release of FF16. It's uh, the combat director is uh, Ryota Suzuki, who is the combat director of Devil May Cry 5 and a bunch of other Capcom fighting games. So it's Final Fantasy meets a Capcom fighting game, sort of, is the combat system. 
And I hope you like the combat system as well. Uh, I hope you really like Clive Zed, and I hope you really like the combat because that's the game in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's the game. You know, the, the side questing such as it exists, it's a lot of like, go talk to person A, accept package A, bring package A to person B, bring person B's thank you to person A, get reward from person A, side quest complete. Uh, like the side quests kind of play like that. And then no task side- too small for a warrior of light, as we famously uh, say in the post show recap. That's correct. That is how we always sign off our podcasts. Uh, that there's, you know, side quests where they're like, okay, there's some beasts up ahead. Do you mind killing them? And you're like, yeah, I was going to go and do that anyway. And so you just yeah. do that. There's a lot of fighting in this game, which for me was a big problem with Final Fantasy 12, which have you played that one yet? Not yet. I think FF12 will be interesting for you to check out post-16, for sure. Uh, it's another one where back at the time, that that felt like when when um, when 12 came out, kind of like a precursor to some of where Final Fantasy would end up going with 14 and its uh, combat system and its open-world MMO style, um, that I feel like 16 is sort of a similar extension in that you are, you're playing one guy, a lot of it is smashy-smashy, fighty-fighty, And that might seem extremely boring uh, to you if you are somebody who is more of like the turn-based person. You want to be wielding a bunch of different party members. You're disappointed that you're not going to get a lot of variety because you just have one character to play. This combat system gives you variety. This combat system, this combat system is is wild. It develops, it evolves. It's already pretty fun when you're just starting out. Once the magic palette expands, Zed. It gets kind of addicting, uh, the, oh the fighting in this game. Uh, and I'm not even like a big combat action guy, uh, typically. Uh, those days are back in the early 2000s with the Metal Gear games for me. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think if you are somebody who's looking for like a big action game challenge, this will be really fun. If you're somebody who it's a real turnoff for and you're really just here in Final Fantasy for like the story and the characters, you're mostly going to be pretty good here. They uh, they have built in a bunch of different accessories that you can equip that basically make it so all you have to do is press the square button and you'll be fighting. Uh, and also, if you are pressing the square button and you have this other piece of equipment uh, equipped that has you dodge all of the dodgeable attacks, you'll be good there as well. You can even a- attach an accessory that allows you to just auto heal, so you don't even have to think about that if you want. Um, you do have, you know, not an infinite amount of things to replenish, but you can do that if you wish. Uh, so there are options for players of every variety. It's not like remake, which had classic mode, which was easy, easy, easy Final Fantasy. I think that this is like easy mode, not supremely easy mode is yeah. their is their floor, but it was good enough for me. Um, you got to play the combat a bit though already, and you you were digging it. Yeah. Um, so we were talking before we got started, and I so I played in action mode the the whole demo because um, I'm I'm decently confident in my video game skills at this point in time. Um, and then I they introduce these various accessories of like automatic do the thing um and so i was like sure i'll try a couple of those seems worth trying uh and then i was like oh i don't have to do anything anymore yeah um and now this is not interesting now this is i push one button over and over again and the fight just happens on its own yeah um so i i took those off pretty quickly although 
I also, as I was like running around picking up items, which they make the most obvious items I've ever seen in any Final Fantasy game anywhere. Yeah. Um, glowing like materia in remake, but it's every single item, including two gill. I think is the first item <laughs> you find. Yeah. The um, gill pickups are pathetic. Pathetic. That doesn't really yeah. change. It's like yeah, oh sweet, thirty four gill. I haven't had to purchase anything yet. Yeah. Um, but I have not at any point gained more than a single digit amount of gill, which feels pretty uh, paltry compared yeah. to. You, you other pick, Final you pick up more money along the way, but uh, I don't. I think like I'm at the end stage right now as I'm saying this, right? Like I'm really close to the end of the game, and I think that I still am in like five figures, just about to push six wow. figures uh, of gill. And I feel like usually I'm like flush with gill at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um. So you don't uh, get, you don't get a ton, but a part of that is because like, and I'm sure that the, that there's so much more depth to this than I'm experiencing because I'm trying to just get story first before you know I explore it a little bit more deeply. But like, you really need potions and high potions to heal yourself in battle, and that's effectively it. Like you can like, there's like stone skin tonics that'll make you uh, have better defense, or like steel skin tonics oh, that'll give you like okay. stronger hits. Um, but you'll have to like assign, you have like three items that you can use at any time in a battle. You have to pre-assign them to the D-pad uh, and you could like in between battles, you can reassign if you want to, uh, what which kinds of items you want to use. But because the game sort of anticipates that you're going to get your butt kicked a few times uh, and you're going to need to be using those potions in battles, most of the treasure that you find along the way are just like, Potion and high potion pickups. Uh, so just yeah, like rolling and, potions and high potions to keep you alive. And even in the demo, uh, my inventory was full more than once. And so yes. I picked it up and it just automatically used it. Correct. Uh, so it seems your inventory maxes out as at like, I don't know, four or five potions, at least at the start of the game. I don't yeah. know if it changes. But... So let me pass along some wisdom uh, from my playthrough of Final Fantasy 16, in which I am rushing as hard as I can to get to the end of what has been a very compelling, often ridiculous journey with these characters that I'm very excited to see how it concludes. Um, I have mostly ignored side quests. Um, side questing. This game is produced by uh, Naoki Yoshida, who is the producer of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and a lot of the Final Fantasy XIV team is deeply involved in this one. You can really tell, and I mean that as a compliment. Final Fantasy XIV rocks. It's too hard, so I can't continue past where I left off at Heaven's Word, Zed. Um, have I told you, Zed, before that what I really, really want the most from uh, my my Final Fantasy podcast <laughs> feed is for you and Adam or anybody else who played Final Fantasy 14 all the way through to do like a full story recap of the game so I can catch up on what I missed because I was really, really, really intrigued by the end of A Realm Reborn and then the difficulty spike. It was too dramatic. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. I want to know what happened, though. I missed out on so much. Uh, it's it's not impossible. That could be doable. Um, I think if uh, if Adam and I were to do that, I would create a new character and go through it from the start. Because at this yes. point, I'm I'm past Shadowbringers. I haven't started Endwalker yet. Oh, you I've haven't played. finished it. Yeah. Yeah, but I made it. I'm into the patches between Shadowbringers and Endwalker. Uh, so do I remember what happened in Heaven's Word? No. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe uh, not. that was a long, 
a long time ago. According to the PS5, which loves to tell you how many hours you've spent playing these games, I spent over 600 hours playing Final Fantasy IV. Sure, story checks out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, across three years. Or yeah, something. definitely. Yeah. Uh, but it's huge. It's a never ending game full of endless content. So do I remember exactly what the main storyline of Heaven's Word is? No, but the game, but the game, as much as I experienced it, was was very fun to play. Uh, the story was so deep, the world building was so intricate. All of those things feel very true of sixteen as well. The reason I bring up fourteen and like the overlap in the production team from fourteen to sixteen is because then people who have played fourteen will be very familiar with the side quest format. Your main quest, you've got like these red icons, uh, not the summons, uh, but like these red logos that show up that makes it clear, okay, that's a main quest storyline. And then there's these green uh, pop-ups where those are the side quests. And I believe that the green side quests that have plus signs in them are uh, side quests that will help expand out your inventory, for example. Maybe we'll add certain gauges to uh, things that need to be gauged that Mm. I don't want to spoil at this moment in time. I ignored all of them. So my inventory is exactly what your inventory is right now, where I can only have four potions or three high oh potions at God. any given time. And I'm pretty sure because I'm playing this without walkthroughs because I'm like, yeah. it's a very like champagne problem that like I'm an early play tester of Final Fantasy 16. I can't look well, anything up. Yet for this game that's not out yet that or I play. Uh, play, that, uh, play that incredible action uh, uh, Soken score uh, on my tiny ass violin right now. How are we hearing all of those explosive percussions? Uh, so yeah, the very, very, very ritzy problem. Um, but yeah, I think I should have probably been side questing. So side quest to your heart's content. You'll learn more about the world I building. Do. Yeah, I think you should do it. I think you'll learn more about the world in which the game takes place. There's so much lore. There's some really cool ways to access the lore, but you kind of have to work at it a little bit is uh, maybe a critique here. Um, that uh, if you do those side quests that have the pu- the plus signs at the very least, you are going to be uh, in a situation where you're probably expanding out your situation better than mine. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, anyway, your experience remains my experience, and I'm at the end of the game. I think I might go side questing before I go and try and take on the final boss. It sounds like I probably a good idea. The, this, I mean, this is reflective of what has happened to Adam, I think, across all three games we have talked about on this podcast, yeah. is I'm like you might want to go do some of these side quest things. And he like, hears the word side quest and runs in the other direction. Yeah, and then gets to the end of the I game is like, Zed, I've been doing this final boss fight for two hours. And I'm like, yes, Adam, because you didn't do any of the things to prepare <laughs> for this fight that you should have done. And yeah. he's like, okay, I'm going to go do 20 missions in crisis core now. And I'm like, uh-huh. Relatable content, relatable yeah. content. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Uh, so that's a bit about the the gameplay. It's very action oriented. Um, you can side quest if you wish, and I do think you get benefits from it. But if you're really in it for the story, the story is really engaging. Uh, there are a lot of political machinations happening behind the scenes. Game of Thrones is a touchstone for Final Fantasy 16, as stated by the production team behind this game, where they were going for uh, like really like twisty turny political moves from the shadows in a fantasy setting um and it has all of those things that you would expect from game of thrones when game of thrones was at its best some of it from when game of thrones was at its worst i will say uh and part of that is the the rating um this ain't your grandma uh, this ain't your grandpa sid's final fantasy <laughs> okay this is a different sid uh, a different sid's final fantasy um gosh by the way the sid of final fantasy 16 chef's kiss i don't know if you got a chance to encounter sid in the demo uh i don't think i don't so. think you did but get ready uh great character great character I got a lot of sids running around in my brain from the like three different final fantasy games i've played in the last two well, weeks final fantasy 16 is going to complicate the sid situation for you it'll be fun it's gonna the be really situation. fun the situation is about to get very very serious uh as we will have a, a brand new sid to talk about here on the final fantasy 16 podcast i think we're we're really going to enjoy um but i think that the the story of of ff16 is not very game of thrones but the content of final fantasy 16 is very game of thrones in so far as it's a hard R. It is a deeply R-rated Final Fantasy experience. I believe among the first four words that you remembered from Final Fantasy 16 Z, uh, and I'm quoting the game exactly. I'm going to say the words, so earmuffs for your small children here, uh, that I believe those four words Z are, fuck, 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 fuck. That would be uh, correct. Ah, yes. yes. There's yes. a lot of swearing. There is um, some pretty uh, spicy, sexy times early yeah. on in the game. And yep. there's a lot of blood. 
Um, so much blood. Even like Final Fantasy fourteen does not do blood when when even human characters die in the game. I'm old enough to remember when you and I were talking about Final Fantasy seven and like you would like kill an enemy on a battlefield and they would like, you know, like sort of like burn out. They would like disappear. And then like remake and other games would like show you that in like their, you know, their like higher graphic capabilities or whatever actual technical sciencey term that you want to use for the visual arts of a Final Fantasy video game. Uh, but here they're like, no, when you die, your blood and entrails goes into your opponent's hair. Uh, yes, yeah, splashes like, into face is yeah. uh, is is frequently occurring. So that um, happens, and I think it's really jarring at the start. Uh, for yeah. me, it was it was very very jarring at the beginning to be dealing with a Final Fantasy game where like suddenly everyone was f bombing left and right. I remember Sid in FF7 says shit in the final cutscene, and it was a huge deal. Uh, we are a long way away. Uh, yeah, we're so, a long way away from a string of like shift number keys from Barrett. Uh, yeah, in your text box. Barrett would go off in Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> Barrett would get canceled for sure in Final Fantasy 16. Oh, man, they would, would Final Fantasy 16 would let Barrett say something like that he could never take back. Uh, that, mm -hmm. That's how that would work. It would be bad. Uh, it takes a minute for this to like sort of, I don't know how much it's I adjusted to it versus the game itself. It feels like the script and the game is very excited to fire off a bunch of F-bombs really, really early on and like have foul language be a part of the story. Uh, either I got used to it or I think that the game sort of like, uh, is like, okay, we got a lot of that out of our system. Maybe let's just like chill. Maybe we don't have to curse every other word. So I found this to sort of even out, but I am, you know, generally fairly, you know, I'm, I'm not terribly sensitive to this stuff to begin with. Though even I was like, man, this is, this is like, it feels like to some extent at the beginning of the game, it feels like a kid who has discovered the F word too early. Uh, and so just like says it all the time, but then eventually grows up and stops saying the F word as every single word that they say. Yeah, um, you described You do have to get way. used to it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it reminded me of like when you first get into college and it at least felt to me like my teachers were swearing a lot to be like, you're not in high school anymore. We're allowed, we're all adults here. You're allowed to do this. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk to you like adults. Um, and it felt like they hit that really hard for the first like couple weeks of your first semester of college yeah. to like adjust your brain to the reality of living on your own and having to be an adult talking to other adults. Um, and then it chills out. They don't all, you know, swear yeah. nonstop all the time, but they were like, this is what's going on. You know, this is not Final Fantasy 7. This is Final Fantasy 16. And this right. is what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. It continues. It for sure continues. And I think like the the story itself um, has has mature content along the way that definitely feels a little foreign to the, the Final Fantasy franchise. Not that Final Fantasy is shy about killing off its characters or anything like that. But I do think that sometimes there's a real heaviness to how it's portrayed in 16. But then there's also a lot of that classic Final Fantasy is like sort of super weird and like has this very goofy charisma about it of like, okay, so we got to talk about Torgal here, I think. Uh, yeah. And so Torgal, who perhaps you've heard some Torgal cameos on the podcast already, Torgal is your canine companion. Uh, so you're Clive and you have like a side order of Torgal. 
Oh, I'm so excited. Torgal is like your feral friend, your 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 very uh, trusty, loyal wolf companion who joins you in most, if not all, of your battles. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, Torgal is Clive's childhood pet, uh, and uh, uh, good good news. Torgal, uh, a light spoiler, I guess. Torgal's still with me, and I'm at the close to the end of the line here. God. So I, I cannot tell you if Torgal survives the whole thing, but Torgal's at least going to make it pretty far. Uh, so that's good news. And you can control Torgal, and you could use Torgal. You could put on a ring that tells Torgal to just do Torgal things without you having to do anything for Torgal, or you can kind of command Torgal to do things, and Torgal is great. You can also, uh, when you're next to Torgal, you can hold down the X button uh, and it has like a little heart emoji next to the X button. And when that pops up and you hold down X, Clive will just like get down and be like, you're a good boy, Togo. It's like, oh, Togo, fetch Togo. Here's oh the treat, Togo. Oh, that's my good boy, Togo. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's not really doing anything other than bringing me joy. Uh, I don't yeah, think like I'm- Listen, in- we need these things in life. I don't think I'm increasing like a, like a gameplay mechanic and like strengthening yeah. our bond or anything by constantly giving him treats and scratching his ears, but I like to do it. Uh, and so Torgal is a great example of like some of sort of like the- um, when Final Fantasy 16 is like, we're a realistic, gritty, medieval Final Fantasy story <laughs> with magics and such, but people bloody, bloodily spill their guts on the battlefield and you get violence in your hair. Uh, like, that's in one hand. In the other hand, like, you haven't seen Torgal in 13 years and Torgal remembers you and now you're best friends again and that's it. And it's like, it's like, it's okay, you're at one place and suddenly now you're completely across the continent and then you come back to your place and it's like you, you've traveled no distance at all whatsoever. Like, there's some of just these like Final Fantasy-isms that are still very deeply embedded here that anytime I feel like this game is getting too serious... I just remember that it is still a goofy Final Fantasy. Like, there's a lot yeah. of goofy Final Fantasy-isms in this game that if, like, you're really kind of turned off by the darkness that's there at the start, it never really goes away, but it does make room for a lot of the stuff that we love about it. Like, there's a Moogle who it seems like only we can see, I think. Uh, and I think the Moogle is, like, a like a keeper. I, I'm not doing, like, the side quests, like I said, but I think the Moogle basically, like, tells you where you can go hunt monsters and keeps track of like your monster hunting. Uh, and that, as far as I could tell is the Moogle's like utility. And it seems like only, not only can Clive be the only person who sees it, he understands how to speak Moogle. Like it's like a, a guardians of the galaxy hanging out with Groot situation Incredible. where the Moogle just Koopos their way through conversation and Clive can read the Koopos. He knows exactly what the, the Koopos are. So yeah, FF16 is weird as hell. It's really, really weird. It tries to present itself as this overly serious thing that is dealing with some really interesting concepts that are also very prevalent throughout Final Fantasy. A lot of the core themes of this game we've been talking about since we've been playing Final Fantasies from the beginning. Uh, so some of this is like all this has happened before, all this will happen again, just in this really ridiculous new coat of paint. Um, but it's exactly that point of like when it gets too serious that I think like They'll find ways to cut the tension. It's often through Torkoal. Yeah. Uh, 
I, having played the demo yesterday, I said, if there's a drinking game for this game, it's, for me streaming the game, it's every time I go, oh, my sweet baby, or oh, my poor baby, either yeah. about Torgal or about Joshua. Yes. Uh, in the same way that my catchphrase for Final Fantasy X was, why are you like this? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think I might have a better time with 16 and Torgal. Yeah. The cast of 16 is uh, is sort of like, so so you're playing as Clive. You do have people who join you in battle. You just can't control them. You can't tell them what to do. They'll just kind of do their own thing. As far as I can tell, they really typically don't do anything to help you out that much. Really, the onus is on you to get through battles. If you were to just kind of like park it in a corner while you had Jill trying to like fire off ice spells at an enemy, I do think you'd be there all day. Uh, I don't think that the game would progress. Uh, is uh, sort it of does tickle my me. Feeling. That yeah. everybody in this game has such normal pedestrian names. Yeah, so uh, Clive, Joshua, <laughs> as he says, Jill. Uh, there is a, a Hugo in here. Yeah, there's a Sir Wade at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, there's a Wade. There's a uh, a character who will have a lot to say about named Gav. Uh, the cast is sort of really endearing, but also kind of restrained. I have not fully formed my thoughts on the cast of Final Fantasy. Like, again, like the villains feel very Metal Gear Solid in the way that like Vulcan Raven was such a singular force of nature in Metal Gear Solid. Sniper Wolf, you experienced Sniper Wolf and like you are you have very specific memories of that fight. All of that. The bad guys in this game, the various dominance that you have to go and you have to challenge and all of that. They are, uh, they're, they're really memorable. Uh, I think that the villains in this game are, are, if not all of them great, then at the very least, all of, all of the fights with them are terrific. The boss battles in this game are insane. They're humongous. The clashes uh, that you get involved in are of a size and scale that uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of Elden Ring. I have not played Elden Ring. I'm a big Shadows of the Colossus guy. This feels like from like a, a size and scale standpoint, similar to that, but with like a real frenetic pace to it too, so that the energy is always really high in these boss battles and you feel very immersed. They have these things called cinematic evasions, cinematic clashes, which is basically you have to do like, you know, timed actions. You have to hit square at the right time or R1 to defend. And you so cool. You trigger like the continuation of the cutscene, basically, and you like your controller is vibrating. You feel like you're flying with the phoenix. It's it's really really insane. So a lot of that stems from the villains of the game, who I think are are great. And then I think the supporting cast, the people behind Clive. The further away I get from FF16, I think some of them will fade away almost completely from memory for me, which is sad. So I don't think it's the most memorable supporting cast in a Final Fantasy mainline game. But the ones who pop really pop. Um, this game has terrific Dragoon content, uh, is what I'll say. Uh, there is... Uh, there's a Dragoon battle, I think, in the demo. Uh, there is. And, yeah. like, the first shot you get of it, I, like, gasped. It was, like, so beautiful and yes. exciting. And it's that classic, like, on one kind of pointed toe on a spire of a thing in the, like, classic Dragoon silhouette. Yeah. It was like, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the boss fights are, real, are, are, like, exhilarating. I don't know if I've ever had so much, like, excitement 
during combat. Uh, and I said to you yesterday, as I was playing, I was like, I don't think I've ever had fun fighting a Marlboro before. Yeah, you um, get to fight one and of those. I it's pretty good. We had a good time fighting a Marlboro yesterday. Yeah, it helps that they don't like uh, like completely cripple you with bad breath. Uh, at least yeah. not in that early one. I don't know if that uh, changes if that changes later or not. Um, but there, uh, I don't want to say too much about the there. There's a lot of different side stories that play out while you control Clive, uh, and that's the character that you're playing at, and that is largely your point of view. His is not the only point of view. We will often get cutscenes to completely different things that are happening elsewhere in the world of FF16, uh, involving characters who do not yet have much to do with Clive, and ultimately stories are going to potentially collide in some in some fun ways. And that's another one of the ways in which this feels very Game of Thrones to me is like. Uh, at least in theory, this should have been cool when like all of the disparate characters and storylines from Game of Thrones would collide at uh, Winterfell or whatever. Like that should have been totally great. And in its best cases, like that second episode of the final season, it was really good. Uh, in 16, when a lot of these disparate stories collide, it is really satisfying. It leaves a little bit of like some of the backstories for some of these things along the way. I'm like, I wish you would tell me a little bit more about like, how this person got to this point in their journey, other than just like now we're kind of like on the same journey as this person. I wouldn't mind like a little bit more detail filled in, but you kind of get over that because it's so great to see some, some of these characters interact. So the ones in um, the, the support cast for Clive that really pop, really, really pop. I do think it's a little fewer and further between than I'd like. Um, I really like Jill uh, as a character and as, as a concept, but I wish they were doing more with Jill. Um, a lot to say about Joshua as a character who is the dominant of the Phoenix, who is Clive's younger brother, uh, who uh, we see a whole lot of, who you actually control in the early going of FF16 for a little while. You get to play yeah. as Joshua uh, and his story and how Clive's stories intersect. Uh, you walk away with, from the demo with some clear ideas of how that's gone uh, and what that might look like going forward. And I think that story goes into some really fun directions uh, that uh, we'll have a good time talking about. I wish the sidecast was a little bit better, but the people in the sidecast that rock thoroughly rock. And yeah, that includes dragoons, uh, great dragon content in this game. Um, I'm trying to think about what else I wanted to make sure I, I put out there before we start really getting into FF6. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of the villains, like the villain of Final Fantasy 16, once that starts to materialize, I said this to you earlier today, mm -hmm. Zed, when we were texting. I think that the villain of Final Fantasy 16 is the best mainline Final Fantasy villain since Kuja <laughs> easily. Uh, since FF9, and it's really, I don't think that anyone beyond FF9 competes with the villain of ff16 i say this having not finished uh ff14 and everyone raves about the entirety of final fantasy 14 and the end walker of it all so that's probably better than whatever 16 has would be uh the popular opinion i i would guess but i cannot wait to start talking about the villain with you the villain's really been popping off for me lately and i'm like i just want to have conversations <laughs> about this villain i want to start talking about the bad guy i'm really excited to talk about the bad guy uh, the bad guy has certain components um, that are really, really linked to Final Fantasy lore. That's another thing that's really cool about this game is like 
this game, uh, it's yeah, it's Game of Thronesy, but it's got it's got Ifrit, it's got Phoenix, it's got Shiva, it's got Ramu, it's got Titan, it's got Bahamut, it's got Odin, like it's got um, you know, and like, they are huge and they're enormous. They're enormous. They're gigantic. They're it crazy. Is so cool to see them, like so, like literally large. Um, but just to see them in such graphic, like beautiful graphic detail, even in the very beginning of the game, you see um, Phoenix, Ifrit, and Titan and Shiva all yep. all in the first couple hours. And it is really exciting. Garuda, like they've got like a real a real squad uh, and some of the spells that that show up uh, in the game and like some of like the in between cutscenes. Like I think like Joshua Curaga uh, is a character in the early going of the game. Uh, like it's really fun to to see all of that stuff. Um, the villain is uh another you know it's in the same way that like chocobos and moogles and sids there are constants throughout these final fantasy games even as the stories are really different um i think that this game is a real celebration of the summons and the magic uh from across the final fantasy series this extends to the villain uh i think the villain's super cool uh very very excited to talk about the villain at some point in time um great villain one of the best villain one of the best sids uh, i'll say again i think it's almost um it's almost unfortunate that the sid is as great as he is because i think he eclipses a lot of the other characters in the game sid is just that cool uh so we'll have a lot to talk about with sid uh yeah and um yeah, there's some hilarious tropes that I think we're going to talk about. Um, I feel like we could count how many different times a character gives you their seal. And they're like, here, wear this seal. Wear this brooch. If you walk around town, they'll know that I sent you. Uh, and like every time you advance to a new stage, another new like friend that you make is like, here, take my seal. Walk around and people will know that I sent you. And it just happens over and over and over again. And you can start shot calling exactly how the game is going to go uh, based on like the scene direction of some of these scenes. They're like, oh, well, that guy's about to give me a seal. Uh, I'm about to get this seal. I'm about to obtain a seal. And I'm about to be able to walk around this town like I own the place. Um, <laughs> that happens over and over again. Every time you are about to like open a gate into a big space, just be prepared. You're probably about to have to like hit the square button a million times because you're about to do a big battle. Sure. Uh, like there are some tropes across FF16 that uh, I have found myself in certain moments being like kind of tired by, uh, and then in other moments being like, "All right, baby, let's go. Give me that seal. I'm ready to go. Open up that gate, Clive. Hold down R2. Push in. We're gonna go fight whatever's coming next." Uh, I think this is a fun game, Zed. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about FF16. I'm definitely looking forward to it after just playing a couple of hours. Uh, like when I finished the demo yesterday, I was I was very hyped. I was ready to keep going. I kept anticipating the demo ending and I was like, oh, no, it's going to be over. Oh, no, I'm going to have to stop. Um, so I would say the demo has certainly done its job. Uh, and the demo is straight up the opening couple hours of gameplay of the game. Yeah. Um, and so I think that really speaks to what what good things there are to come that you can just play the beginning uh, and I think it's really emotionally impactful. I was really invested already. Uh, and I'm looking forward to to seeing what happens at getting to like, just even, you know, live in the world, watch more of the beautiful yep. things that are going to occur. 
you know, yeah. the beautiful defeats and the ugly victories, it's, I'm sure. It is genius in that way. Uh, yeah. the, the score is really mesmerizing. I find myself walking around the apartment right now, like in like a Gregorian chant, sort of like <laughs> great orchestrations in my head as if I'm fighting these gigantic icons. Uh, so the score really sticks with you. I think the writing is actually quite good. Uh, like the dialogue specifically, I think is is quite uh, is quite showy. It's like really flowery. The prose. Um, some of the actors are are making meals out of the script. Uh, I think I read somewhere, and I don't know exactly where, so I don't have the source offhand. That this is um, the first Final Fantasy title where the script was written um, with English as front of mind as Japanese. Uh, so oh. it's the localization is excellent because it's like ground up stuff that this was built out in that way. So the um, when the when the villain starts monologuing about all of the stuff, the villain starts monologuing about uh, in like this incredibly like flowery prose that inspires Clive to literally at one point. Uh, this was about an hour ago for me in real time. Say to the <laughs> villain, "Are you still talking?" Uh, you know, it's like you're like, yeah, they are, but I could just sit here and listen to this character talk all freaking day, and it's not like in the early advent of voice acting with Final Fantasy, which you just experienced off pod in Final Fantasy X, where the voice acting is so cringe because they just didn't know what they were doing yet. Yeah. This, thankfully, is something that has come a long way with the Final Fantasy titles. Uh, the dialogue is really good. The voice acting, by and large, is really good. Uh, I, I want to just, like, talk in Clive voice forever. You have no idea what it's like, Joshua. Uh, Joshua, <laughs> stay away from Joshua. Uh, he's just like so intense. He's like very Henry Cavill Witcher, uh, Clive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another brooding sad boy. Uh, you know it's a Final Fantasy, Zed. Yep, classic. It's classic. <laughs> uh, so the first few hours are contained in the demo. I wanted to talk about them, but I also feel like maybe Zed people haven't played it. So maybe let's reserve it for the next time we do the the, the FF16 podcast so we can start getting into some spoilers, sure. start getting to some actual like story stuff, but let people have the opportunity to experience it themselves. The game is out on PS5, June 22nd. We're going to be talking about it for the next several weeks here. Uh, we don't know what pace we're going to be going at, so we're just kind of be going, I think, Zed, at whatever pace you end up doing. Uh, and we'll uh -huh. talk about what Cl you've got classic going on. old school, going back to the origins of you and I on this podcast. Whenever whenever you get to the next thing, Zed, then we'll talk That's again. That's it. Uh, so, but I don't, do? <laughs> I don't have places to send you. Like, I'm not telling you, like, yeah. stop there. You tell me, and I think uh, we'll figure out whether or not, like, okay, I think we've got enough to talk about here for an hour, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also think uh, because you've been playing so many different Final Fantasies since last we spoke on the pod, I want to do some check-ins with you about those games and those experiences as well. So I think here on the FF16 pods throughout the summer, I want to get your FF10 takes. I want to get your FF9 takes, which I know that you're playing at Hard Rock Hope right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And I also want to work to convince you and Adam to do a Final Fantasy 14 story podcast because <laughs> I just want to listen to that and know what happened in the game. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a blink and you'll miss it. But I did also play uh, 15 Pocket Edition over the course oh, yeah. of literally like, a week. Did you like 15 
I had a great time. Yeah. Maybe it's because on Switch, the Pocket Edition, they're little like they look like little Pokemon characters, little yes. chibi guys. Yes. Um, so they're adorable. And I loved these two these two little emo, definitely gay boys, um, who are in love with each other. Which one? Uh, uh, pro- Noctis, uh Noctis and, and Prompto. Yeah, they love each other. Are, for sure. They love each other yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, I had a great ready, time. Get ready to interpret a lot of the 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 boy relationships in this game too. Oh, uh, I had a lot of thoughts. It's like you guys just need to kiss now. Uh, yeah, just and then in some okay. cases, like I was like, okay, well, thank you for kissing. Uh, so FF sixteen, we're going for it. Let's do oh, this. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a great time with 15. Eventually, I'm going to play the full Royal Edition on the PlayStation after we've made it through 16. Because um, it sounds like while the story is the same, a lot of the gameplay is pretty, certainly oh, graphically different, different. And so mechanically, gr- dramatically different. Yeah, um, wildly different. I mean, like, yeah. there's like, well, FF15 was built on like, uh, it's sort of like inverting the, the typical model for a Final Fantasy game where it's like, okay, uh, early game side quest to your heart's content uh side quest side quest side quest reach a certain point now you're on rails now here's the story for for the rest of it uh so when you play pocket edition you're just in the story on rails which i liked i loved that uh i really enjoyed that i think when 15 came out i was not in a place where i could like compute the complexity of how to play that game i wonder if that would change now on the other side of both remake and 16 for me uh and Mm -hmm. a bit of 14 but Pocket Edition is a really fun way to experience Yeah, you've story. played these big grown-up games now, Josh. I know, but I want my Pocket Editions is where <laughs> I'm ultimately at my happiest. Uh, yeah, the, uh, gosh, the foursome. Just like Bachelor Party Gone Wrong. Oh, my God. Final Hilarious. Fantasy is such a mood. Such yeah. a mood. Oh, the dynamics are incredible. Yeah, I had a great little, like, week-long vacation with those kids. Yeah. Um. So we'll have quite the feast of Final Fantasy to be talking cool. about here on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to play Intermission in the very near future. We can chat about that if sure. we want to do that. Um, I think Adam might do that as well. So maybe we'll do that. a quick little uh, a little trio meetup, talk about Intergrade, talk 100%. about the Rebirth trailer that dropped. We have Ever Crisis coming. There is yeah. so much happening in the it world was, of Final Fantasy. What a time! It's to be been alive. a big. It's been a big month for for Final Fantasy. The uh, the the Rebirth trailer, like you mentioned, like I feel like there's a lot that we can start forecasting with the second part of the remake project for Final Fantasy VII. So uh, I also would love to get Adam on here so the two of you can tell me whether or not I should play Crisis Core. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what your answers will be because I missed the podcast, but uh, I'm I'm prone to suggestion. Uh, you could you would have to rip me away from my current obsession, which is Tears of the Kingdom. The hardest mm-hmm. part about Final Fantasy 16 is that I don't get to play uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, when, wow! Uh, yeah, that's and that's quite I, an endorsement for Tears of the Kingdom. Well, Final Fantasy 16 absolutely thoroughly rocks. I've really enjoyed it. It's very weird sometimes, and I laugh at it a bunch. But I'm also like really engrossed in it right now. Um, Tears of the Kingdom it just happens to be is like this might be the game of the century. Uh, wow! Just, like it's just it's wow. it's not it's really not fair. It's just that you know it's a totally it's a totally <laughs> different deal. It's a totally different deal. It's so customizable. It's a little bit uh, daunting because it's so customizable that like you could play totally different from absolute. Like you will just by virtue of the game, you will play a completely different experience than everybody else who's ever played this game. Like you just won't be able to have the. Exact I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, 
I think you might love it. I think you might really enjoy Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I was trying to convince Jess on community buildings. Like, Jess, you're twitching now, too. You should just be playing Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> you should all be Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, but play Final Fantasy 16 first and hang out with us on the Final Fantasy podcast where we're going to be talking about FF16, but also all the other Final Fantasy things that Zed has been doing. Oof, so many things. Yeah. Lots and lots of content coming your way here on the podcast and at twitch.tv slash hope where okay. you can find me, like, three or four days a week just plowing through all the final fantasy i can get my hands on incredible and i'm i'm glad that you're going to be streaming 16 i'm sure since it's a it's a ps5 exclusive there are definitely people out there who are huge final fantasy people who are not going to be able to play this yet may never play it because they're not going to upgrade to ps5 uh and maybe uh ps i don't know if it's going to if it's anything like remake it's going to take a while before it's out on pc or a different console or whatever i expect it's going to be on the ps5 for a good bit of time so uh you can go and you can check out zed playing the game at twitch.tv slash hard rock hope if you want to literally see the game get played i strongly recommend it the podcast will be a really fun like sort of like hybrid like study guide slash vent sesh slash uh what the absolute hell just happened <laughs> can we process this together uh and i think a fun send up of of the game uh while oh, I also can't talking wait. About a bunch of other final fantasy stuff so yeah make sure you subscribe post recaps.com slash final fantasy i'll stop short of saying like look out every saturday morning for a final fantasy pod this one's coming out on a wednesday i think much like a random encounter in a coca-cola classic final fantasy game you're wandering around on the world map and a final fantasy podcast may pop up and bite you uh so i think that that's how we're going to do it on uh the ff16 coverage this summer i'm really hyped about it zed just getting back into it and talking with you about some Final Fantasy, I am uh, I'm electrified. I'm very excited. Yeah. And it's not just because I am the Ramu icon, uh, the dominant <laughs> of Thunder. Yeah, it's been quite a while since you and I have gotten to talk regularly about Final Fantasy or anything else. Um, so I'm looking forward to a summer of, you know, a lot of stupid chats about a lot of silly things. It's a hot Clive uh, summer. Uh, hot Clive summer. Yeah. Oh. Let's go. Let's go to Valisthea, folks. We hope that you'll join us. We're going to come back next week with Zed's first impressions of the game, uh, both their experience with uh, what's contained in the demo, which is the first few hours of the game. And then however much further you go uh, from that, Zed, I think uh, you're going to have the game in your hands for a long weekend. And we'll talk on the other side of that uh, and yeah. see how far you've gone. And uh, I'm sure we'll have Sid takes for sure. Remind me to ask you what you think of Goots. Uh, gonna be really curious to know how you feel oh about Goots. Okay. Uh, it's, like, it's like, okay, so we're really, we're just doing like, we're literally, there's literally somebody that Goots is calling old Nan. Like, we're really just going to Winterfell. Is that what's <laughs> happening here? I mean, we have uh, the Iron Blood. Uh, there's an Iron you know. Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's very very fun. Uh, it's very fun. You have to like, there are like some moments in this game where like. Okay, so that is like literally just Game of Thrones, but it's very, it's so earnest. I think I said this to you as well. You did, like, yeah. I cannot help but stand my super, super earnest, hard R Game of Thrones ripoff Final Fantasy. <laughs> like they're going for it. They mean it so sincerely. It does not always land, but when it lands, I think it lands really, really well. And sometimes when it biffs it, it's very fun as well. Uh, so I think we're going to have a good time on the podcast. We'll be here for the summer talking about FF16. Uh, go play the game. Check back in with us in a couple of days when Zed has played some more. And we'll talk to you all then. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. With 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.